persistent rain last Tuesday and Wednesday caused flooding in Lincolnshire days later. So it's quite a common thing that we have with our slow responding rivers. It can rain in the upper catchment and it can take four or five days for it to get down. And climate change joins the lineup at Glastonbury. The court message on climate change is yes, it is real. Uh, yes, it is caused by humans. It's Thursday, the 20th of June, and you're listening to a weather snap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir, and you're listening to a weather snap. A look at the week's weather headlines brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. Last weekend, 600 homes in Lincolnshire were evacuated due to flooding, as two months' worth of rain fell in just two days. The heavy rain didn't just blight eastern counties. Images on social media show standing water across many parts of the country, including Worcestershire County Cricket Club, which looked more like a small lake. With intense thunderstorms sweeping across the southeast just two days ago, it's been quite a fortnight. Earlier, I spoke to Brian Vinyl from the Met Office Flood Forecasting Centre. Brian, how would you class this rain event that we saw? More like winter, really. We're saying the River Severn is actually in its winter flow state, so it's actually been flooding, and our Environment Agency colleagues have been telling us it's more like a winter flow through there at the moment. Lincolnshire, as we know, has seen several months' worth of rain over those two days. It's one of the wettest uh, few days in Lincolnshire that we have on our meteorological records at the moment. We didn't hear about any flooding until the Saturday whereas it was the Tuesday and Wednesday where we saw the most persistent rain with up to 130 millimetres in places across Lincolnshire. Can you explain that? So we worked very closely with the Met Office weather warnings. So as you saw, we had weather warnings out for the rain. You're very correct, the rain had passed. But what happens with rivers is we have this thing called lag. Imagine a bath full of water. You're trying to empty that bath out through the plug hole. You're pouring water in. It's going to take quite a long time for that bath to drain down. So it's quite a common thing that we have with our slow responding rivers. York is a very good example of that. York, it can rain in the upper catchment and it can take four or five days for it to get down through York. Now we're going into the weekend where we've got some dry weather in, into the forecast, which is great news. However, there could be some more rain at the end of the weekend. Waynefleet remains on high alert when it comes to flooding. So in the Flood Forecasting Centre, we are 24-7. We're in the Met Office Operations Centre, which is also 24-7. So we're the government's eyes and ears for flooding. So all of our responder community rely on us telling them when they think the weather's going to be bad and cause flooding. So we do this with a five-day window. So although the weather has now largely passed, we are still dealing with recovery on the ground. Now they're very sensitive to any more rain. The chance of Waynefleet having these very hard, sharp showers is slim. So the rainfall warning that we've had out yesterday for Wednesday was predicting heavy thunderstorms. So we weren't so worried about Waynefleet by itself because that would be very sharp and moving through quite quickly. What we are more worried about next week is a chance for more persistent rain coming in again, so weather fronts again. Weather fronts give you your catchment-wide rainfall. So not just Waynefleet, we're not just zoning in on one area. We start flagging up where the rivers are high from the rain that they've had and where they could continue to respond from the rain next week. Thanks very much, Brian. The last few weeks, temperatures have been well below average with a lot of cloud and outbreaks of rain. However, that's all set to change as the wind shifts in direction. To add more detail to that, I'm now joined by Laura Ellum, Deputy Chief Meteorologist here at the Met Office. Laura, what's going on? Talk, talk us through the bigger picture, first of all. So, as you say, it's been very much cooler of late, uh, thanks to low pressure being over the top of us for much of the time. 
Now, an area of low pressure is going to anchor itself away to the southwest of the UK, which means that the warm continental air, the heat that's building over the near continent, is going to be drawn into the UK ahead of that area of low pressure to its east. Now, the heat is really intensifying across the low countries as well as France, and temperatures are rocketing here, and that's the air we're likely to see. However, there's more to the story than just the temperatures, isn't there? That's right. So with this warm air building, the potential energy associated with that builds as well. So the potential for thunderstorms to start developing is a very real hazard for us uh, that we're watching for next week. In fact, from later Sunday onwards, going into Monday and through much of next week, it looks like, we are going to have repeated rounds potentially of uh, showers, rain and thunderstorms. And to that end, we already have now issued a yellow warning for thunderstorms for Wales and much of England actually from Sunday onwards, which will get updated daily and we'll add to though that warning with further warnings as and when required. So despite the fact we're expecting high pressure to move in through the weekend, some drier interludes, which we really do need after all the rain, next week is looking unsettled, but a different type of setup. So we're talking thunderstorms, as you said, a lot of rain, but those high temperatures. Talk me through the range of numbers we could expect in terms of temperature. Okay, so I think for a lot of places, and this may just be with the exception of Shetland perhaps, but we are going to see temperatures going above average for the time of year, which means that quite widely, probably around the, the low to mid-20s, building up into the high 20s as we get towards, uh, towards the middle of next week. So that potentially will mean we could see something in the low 30s somewhere by the middle of next week. And that's more likely to be London, the southeast, the usual kind of suspects in the southeastern corner of the country. So in stark contrast, it's quite a shock to the system. And it's not only by day, quite uncomfortable nights as well. Exactly, yes, the humidity will be building. So yes, a warm, uncomfortable sort of heat for many people uh, indeed. So yes, uncomfortable nights to come too. Laura Ellum, thank you very much. The annual Glastonbury Festival is a global music phenomena. And the event has always been keenly associated with environmental issues. This year, our very own climate scientist, Professor Richard Betts, MBE, will be attending on behalf of the Met Office. Richard, thanks for joining us. Uh, Glastonbury is imminent. You've been to Glastonbury before, talking about climate change. This time it's a bit more personal, isn't it? Yeah, so this year I'm there with a team of experts in ecology and other aspects of environmental science from different universities uh, and other organisations and we'll be there all week uh, in a tent with uh, lots of activities uh, and displays to talk to the visitors about climate change, ecology, any other aspects of environmental science. So you have a good relationship with the organisers of Glastonbury and obviously they are sponsored by uh, an environmental charity. Yes, yeah, so environmentalism has always been at the heart of the festival. Uh, obviously, as that becomes more of a public issue and more of a political issue, it's really important that the science behind this is properly understood by everybody. So what are your core messages? The core message on climate change is, yes, it is real. Uh, yes, it is caused by humans. Yes, if we keep putting greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, we're going to cause more and more climate change with greater and greater risks of extreme weather, sea level rise and impacts on people and species and biodiversity. So clearly, if we want to avoid those, uh, then we're going to be looking at reducing emissions. This is internationally agreed now that global emissions must come down if we want to avoid climate change. 
The big headline last week when it comes to environmental issues was the UK was going to try and reach zero carbon emissions by 2050. How realistic is that? So that is feasible. There has been an independent report by the Committee on Climate Change which has laid out how the UK's own emissions uh, could become net zero. Net is important, so it's not only emissions from burning fossil fuels and deforestation, but also actually taking carbon out of the atmosphere with reforestation and, and rewilding and that kind of thing. So that is feasible. Of course, the, uh, there's a lot of public uh, uh, concern about this and some people are pushing for a stronger and more ambitious target as well. And again, that's something to debate and discuss. Um, so how well informed do you think the festival goers at Glastonbury will be this time? I think a lot of people will actually be very well informed. There's a lot of uh, public concern about this. Uh, some people are, are less well informed. Because, you know, it's not everyone's area of expertise. So I'm hoping that we can have some in-depth conversations with some people uh, and others who just want to find out a bit more. Talk to me about festivals in general and their carbon footprint. The Glastonbury organisers do put a lot of effort uh, into minimising that. Uh, they have some of their own power generated on site with renewable means. They also put a lot of effort into other environmentals in other environmental issues such as reducing all the, uh, the litter and so on. They encourage people not to leave their tents behind. So don't leave your tent behind. That's good advice from Professor Richard Betts. Now Ollie Claydon is here with last week's highs and lows. Here are your weekly extremes from Monday the 9th of June to Sunday the 16th of June. The highest max was at Heathrow in London, a high of 21.4 Celsius on Sunday the 16th of June. The coldest night was in Reedsdale Camp, Northumberland, with a minima during the early hours of Monday morning of minus 0.3 Celsius. Wainfleet in Lincolnshire had the highest rainfall on any one day last week, with 75.6 millimetres on Tuesday the 11th of June. And the highest daily sunshine was last Thursday on the Isle of Tyree in a Hebrides with 15.3 hours. Thank you, Ollie. That's it for Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. This week's producer was Adrian Holloway. Do join us again next time as we take a closer look at the week's weather headlines. Mm -hmm.